Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another and have several open and use it. It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. I don't know if you can see me, the one out on this side. You look it up and see if you can see. Alright, so. Still counting. Can you see him? Somebody text me and see, let me know you still see me. And hear me. You still see me? Alright. Well, I can't see myself anymore. Alright, so, well, that's not a big deal as long as y'all can see me and hear me. Alright, so. What we have been doing lately is we've been mentioning something through this pandemic to help us strengthen us in the country, help us to be more educated in the decisions that we make in our day-to-day lives in comparison to this country, because there's so many people around us, uh, those that in government that are trying to take over our country and make it a communist, socialistic Marxist, whatever. They're trying to ruin the what God has given us, the, the freedom that we have, the freedom of religion to worship Him, the freedom that we have that so many men and women have given their lives for, this freedom. They're trying to take it away from us. So with a godly perspective on what's going on, we can make smart decisions. And I hope that this helps to do that. And I just want to mention this is uh, when... Our first colleges, we know the the founding fathers, um, these colleges were actually built before, uh, I'm trying to get, the, I forgot exactly what year, but actually built before we had the uh, revolution, revolutionary war. Uh, but I want to read something that Uh, Christianity was the mother of education in colonial America. The famous Massachusetts Law of 1647 required public education for religious purposes. The law said children should be taught to read because Satan tried to keep men from the knowledge of the scriptures 
and that learning should not be buried in the grave of our fathers. And our first colleges were church-related. The inscription on the West Gate at Harvard reads, After God carried us safe to New England and we had built our houses, provided necessaries for our livelihood, reared convenient places for God's worship, and settled the civil government, one of the next things we longed for and looked after was to advance learning and perpetuate it to posterity, dreading to leave an illiterate ministry to the churches when our present ministers shall lie in the dust. And this is from Harvard, making a point to stand up for education and for knowledge for God. Uh, putting their, their trust in God and knowing that he was, He's the director of our lives and he is he's where knowledge comes from and wisdom comes from and we need to, to we need to uh, mix more of that in our daily lives and help educate others around us that I mean God our country's here because of the Lord this earth here is because of the Lord in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth he spoke everything into existence. He made us. So what I want to look at tonight, we'll go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is a well-known text. As you'll see is 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're speaking of David and Goliath. So the Israelites were at war with the Philistines, Israel being God's people, and the Philistines being on the devil's side. They were a wicked people. And we will see this down through the ages, good versus evil. And we know if we know anything about God's word, that God is good, Satan is bad. But we have ideologies trying to warp that and trying to derange that and think that the devil's good and God is bad, which is wrong. But we see that, this battle between good and evil. We see that the Philistines here were trying to take over Israel, trying to defeat them. And they were in a battle. Um, the, let's see, they were in Ju near Judah with the battle when the battle took place. But as we know, they stood there for days and days trying to get someone to fight them. We see in verse 4, it says, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's nine, foot, nine feet and nine inches tall. Six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, 
and was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. A couple hundred pounds. He had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. So this just describes a giant with just his armor. Just one piece of his armor would be more than any of us could carry. And carry, let alone do battle in, it would be too heavy. We wouldn't be able to run. We wouldn't be able to move out of the way of the the onslaughter of projectiles. We'd be dead shortly because of the weight of his just one piece of his armor. A huge man, nine feet, nine inches tall. His spear was like a weaver's beam, so it was several feet long. Huge. And so we see this man built for the battle, built for war. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine? And ye servants to Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. This was the custom of the armies back then, the kings, that they would... They would have a champion, as he's called, to fight. And it would save a lot of bloodshed if they took, one army took their best man, the other army took their best man, and fought. And whatever the outcome was with these two people, that would be the outcome of the whole war. And would save a lot of bloodshed. And so this is what their, their strategy was here, too. But they knew... They knew they had the bigger man. They had the biggest man in the country. And no one could beat him, so they had a sure thing. So he was taunting them and taunting them, bring somebody out to fight me. When Saul and Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were scared because of this man Goliath because he was so big. And I can tell you right now, because they were scared of him, they were looking at the physical physical circumstance, and they weren't looking at God Almighty. Remember 2 Timothy 1.7, He doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. They were greatly, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were very upset. Upset. They were in fear. They were cowering down because of this one man. And they had an army. They had a king. They had a leader. But they were scared. Now it says in verse 12, it says, Now David was the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. The three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to battle, and the names of his three sons that went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn, 
and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shema. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. So this goes on and goes on and goes on uh, for 40 days of the total time that Goliath was sitting there, standing there. He would go out to the in the day and yell and give his name and and defy God, blaspheme God, and then he would go back. And he did this for 40 days. So go down to verse 20. So he was trying, Goliath was trying to make a disgrace of the God of Israel and their people. And then being scared gave him some kindling to the fire because they were being scared. says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killed him the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter, make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? And David says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? You notice that they were scared, they were sore afraid, and they ran away, ran and fled. They didn't want to be anywhere near Goliath. Have you seen this man come up to defy Israel, they said? He said, but anybody who will def to beat this man and fight him will go stand up to him. He will get all these riches. He will have all the great, great riches. He'll have the king's daughter, and he'll, his house will be free in Israel. All great things, but nobody stood up. Nobody wanted to do it. They were too scared. And notice that David's only concern was not what he would get in return. He wasn't even thinking about that. He said, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? He was worried about the reproach. He said, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He was upset that he was defying the living God. He was blaspheming him and he was taking God's name in vain. He was upset because of how he treated God, his Lord, his Savior. He was upset about that. He, wasn't, he didn't care about the riches. He didn't care about the people and that the rewards. He was upset because he defied the living God. So it goes on, and they were told him that he was too 
too small. He couldn't fight. He wanted to fight. You notice he ran into the army. He left the carriage in the back behind the army, and then he left. He ran, he ran straight to the front line to talk to his brothers. He wasn't scared. He didn't show any fear. His brothers tried to discourage him. And David says to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. He's told Saul, I'll go and fight. Don't let anyone else uh, get hurt or be afraid anymore. I'll take care of this guy. And you see the, the nerves of steel that he had, but we're, why, did, why was he so bold? Why was he not afraid? Why did he run into the battle? Why was he ready to face this man that was probably two or three times bigger than him? But Saul tried to discourage him because he was just a youth. He said, this is a man. You're just a youth, but this man has been a soldier from his youth. He is a master at war. This is what David says. This is where his confidence comes from right here in verse 34. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the army of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. He said, God gave me the strength to do it. He's going to give me the strength to take care of this man who defiles the Lord God. Seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. The living God. I'm glad I serve a living God. He's in the world today. I serve a risen Savior. He's not in the grave. He's alive. He dwells in my heart as a child of His. And as a child of His, we have this strength. We have this power. We have the sound mind given to us from God Almighty. David was confident in this because God had helped him before and had brought him through some hard times. Now, think about this. If you're in the field watching over your sheep and a bear comes, what are you going to do? Just think about it. Be honest about it. What are you going to do? You'd probably run, right? Probably. Say what's that you stay there and fight? No fight. Stay there and pray? It's a good thing to do is pray. We saw David had a good relationship with the Lord here because he wasn't afraid. He wasn't scared of the bear. He wasn't afraid of the lion. He took the lamb from them and he killed the bear and he killed the lion. Uh, if we were put in a situation like that, what would we do? 
This is what we need to do is to be bold and be strong in the Lord. And I hope that we will do that. And I hope the Lord, all we have to do is call on his name. The Lord says to draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Call on him, seek his face, seek his will, and he will give us that strength. So we see David, he said, I killed a bear, I killed a lion, I saved my sheep. This man is nothing more than one of those animals because he defies the living God. Well, we have people right all around us that defy the living God. We're supposed to stand up and we're supposed to be upset about it because they defy the living God. Someone takes the Lord's name in vain. We're supposed to be upset about that. When somebody tramples on our the freedom that God has given us, we need to be upset about that. We have have this nation, we have this country. They, even when they defy God, they have freedoms because God has given it to them. And we need to Step up to the plate. Verse 37, And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he attempted to go, for he had not proved it. He attempted to be tried. He had never worn this armor before. And David said unto Saul, I can't, I can't go with these. I have not proved them. And David put them off. He took them off, took his, he took the armor, the the breastplate off, the sword off, the shield down. He put the helmet down and he took what had proven to work. He took the Lord. He took the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand and withstand all the fiery darts of the devil. David knew this. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. You might have a question right there. Why did he pick up five smooth stones? Was it because he might miss on the first go-around? I don't think so. He had one stone for Goliath, and then he had four stones for his brothers, because Goliath, Goliath had four brothers. They were all as big as he was. So David got ready. He said, if Goliath, I take care of him, his brothers are going to be after me next. So... We see David, no hesitation. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. So be like a little kid, a little boy, seven or eight years old, running out there to war. I would laugh at him too if I didn't know any better. A little kid running out to war and laughing. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now he's getting mad. When the Philistine said to David, Come to me, 
and I will give thy flesh unto the birds of the air, the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Now let's see David's response here. David again has not cowered down to this giant. Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver me you into my hands, and I will smite you and take your head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Praise the Lord. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag and took a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Remember all the armor that Goliath had? That big spear the size of a weaver's beam, that shield that someone else had to carry for him, the breastplates and those hundreds and hundreds of pounds of armor. Yet David was able to take him down in the forehead. Notice that David said, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. We need to remember that, that when any circumstance comes our way, any trial or any hard times, any situation, we need to take our stance, battle stance, and we need to take it on. Don't run and hide. The Lord is on our side if we're on His side. So we need to make sure we're on His side so He's on our side. And there will be like David. No matter what comes our way, we will have the upper hand. Second Timothy 1.7 this is the Lord speaking, for I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He wants us to take charge. We are soldiers of the cross. We stand up and we are to be proactive in our approach and in our ethics for the Lord. We are to stand up, move forward, and press on. And to represent the Lord, uh, be good stewards of what He's given us, and be bold, whatever it is. Don't let people take the Lord's name in vain. Don't let people uh, 
defy the God as David described it. Defy the living God. Let them know that he's alive and he's well. And he will meet him in judgment. When the judgment day comes, he's going to meet them. They're going to know there's a God. For all knees will bow. There is going to be a judgment. There's going to be a day when we'll all see the Lord face to face. Hello, Joshua Miller here with Joshua Ministries. Just here to let you know that I am available. I am available on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and last but not least, Spotify. You can contact me with your comments and questions at my email, joshuaministries741 at gmail.com. It's all lowercase, joshuaministries741 at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a great day.